You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, and in the future, all podcasts will be live-streamed two weeks before they're actually released. It's just how things will be done. And this is Jesse. In the future, drug companies will develop an over-the-counter sinus medicine that will take care of all things sinuses. So instead of buying six pills and a cough syrup and a nasal spray, you'll just buy sinus Drano and be done with it. Welcome to the Growlix Podcast, episode number 78, with confidence. Woo! That's what we do. With confidence. In fact, okay, so this is Growlix Podcast, episode number 78. In a matter of hours, if you're watching on the live stream, Growlix Podcast number 77 is about to hit our podcast feed. So, you know, very timey-wimey. In the pre-show, I mentioned that, you know, this is this is all Blinkatron technology, and the Blinkatron never gets us where we need mm-hmm. to be at the right time or the right place. So I feel like International Podcast Day sucked this episode back through a wormhole to the end of September, even though it goes out at the end of October. Yep. I don't get it. Yeah, that's right. So we're actually going to talk a lot of, like, Halloween-y stuff, maybe, if we remember that we're in the future. Maybe. Yeah, we don't have to force it. We don't have to force it. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm always down to talk Halloween stuff. You don't have to twist my arm about it. But no, I was thinking about that. We don't have to force it uh, because it might be a little weird. Plus, that's what the uh, that's what the Grolux Halloween special is for. So it's all good. We'll get our we'll get our Halloween True. fix this month or next month, however you want to look at it. <laughs> so what are we talking about on the show today, tonight? Today and tonight, whatever time this is. Today, tonight, and two weeks from now, we will be talking about. Uh, I don't know. I figured we'd catch up on some of the Marvel TV stuff because there's been uh, two seasons of uh, a couple of one of my favorite Marvel uh, Marvel Netflix shows, and then one of nobody's favorite Marvel Netflix shows. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, yeah. So I thought we'd talk about seasons two of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Uh, just kind of catch up on. This sounds good. Did you have in-house news you want to talk about? Also, remi- remembering that this is going um, to hit the podcast feed in two weeks. So, Right, right. Um, the only thing that we haven't talked about, and so it'll be old news by the time that, we, uh, that this airs, is uh, the DC Universe app. Have you tried it? Because oh. I know that you were interested in it, especially with that upcoming Swamp Thing thing happening. So. Yes, no, I have not tried it. I am interested. And when, like, the day it launched, I was, I, was, I was looking around, and then I just got sidetracked, and I have not had time to get back to it. But... I'm very interested. Have you checked it out? I have not. So we are <laughs> super timely. <laughs> and informative. Grox podcast. So there we go. We're on but the it's cutting a, edge. <laughs> it's a thing that you can uh that you can do or have and it works from what I understand. My first Okay, so I was looking at it in like their little homepage thing, you know, they're you know, original shows and comics. So I was checking out to see what comics that they were listing and you know, it looks like a, a lot of older stuff i mean i'm sure they have some newer stuff but it's probably like what was the the marvel comics digital service right where it's not like marvel unlimited it's not like you get all the new issues as they come out but you have big 
chunks of the backlog you can read or something. But it was like just Batman, so much old Batman, and I was like, yeah, okay, you oh, guys, right. yeah, you know how to, you know how to get me on board. <laughs> you know how to sell Randy. Yep. Uh, well, I th- didn't it come out on Batman Day too? Oh, so, I mean, that would that make was sense. Not an accident. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, really. Other than that. I don't have any in-house news other than go back and check out the episode. Like if you're listening to it live, it'll happen what tomorrow? Yes. Or is that GCU tomorrow? Nope. It's, it's, it's no regular Grolix. Grolix number 77 is coming out tomorrow. I think that's the right number. And that'll be black sad. And that is kind of our memorial make dad read comics uh, episode in that we review black sad uh, because that was one that dad from make dad read comics, uh, recommended to us, or he recommended to everyone. And we put it on the poll list kind of in honor of him because he recently passed away. So, yeah. So that episode, it was a, it was a good episode and it's a great book. Mm-hmm. I finished editing it just a few hours ago. <laughs> it's all ready to go. Sweet. Sweet. All right. Yep. So look for that tomorrow or in the past. Mm-hmm. This won't get confusing Not at, at all. all. <laughs> uh, okay. Coexisting in two different timelines. Yeah, I, I mean... I, so where do you want to start? Wow, we almost should have just done a book or something where it's easy to like focus on a s- certain topic, huh? <laughs> no, let's start with Luke Cage. If we want to just jump into TV talk. Also, I'll go ahead and just throw this out there. If there's anybody watching who wants to join us on this conversation, we're using Hangouts. I'll shoot you a link if you want. So just throwing that out there. I'm going to I'm going to have to be a little better about looking at these comments then. We have uh Jasper Knight is uh he is representing the GCU in the uh in the chat. Jasper, you got hangouts on your phone? Join us. We'll have a uh, members of members of the whole Grolix family. Not all the members cuz Melanie is I'm a she's probably working. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I figured let's let's talk Luke Cage. Let's talk Luke Cage. Uh, and another part of the right. reason we wanted to do this one is because I didn't figure Melanie would want to do the live stream and she had not watched these seasons. I tried to get her to watch season two of Luke Cage and the second episode in, she just was clearly bored. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to force you to watch this. Like <laughs> you did. don't have to watch this if you're bored. She just wasn't getting into it. Oh, sure. I was just say, I think the first episode or two was a little slow, but I mean, it's, that's just setting the the groundwork, I guess. It's getting people caught up and maybe for people who didn't watch season one, which you should have watched season one, kind of getting them caught up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree. It does start off kind of slow. And I even I I had told her that because I was super excited for Luke Cage season two. Uh, Luke Cage was my I think it's I'm pretty sure it's the first seasons was my favorite season of any of the Marvel Netflix shows so far. And the first episode, even the first two episodes, I was like, oh, this is kind of getting off to a disappointing start but i ended up like it pulled me in before long and i'm super on board with the second season i think the second season is it's awesome what you how'd you feel about it general impressions yeah i like uh i like luke cage i don't know if it's my favorite or not but it's definitely up there it's probably between it's probably between cage and and daredevil just because i was more of a daredevil reader back in the day so to see like a a really good adaptation of, of daredevil was exciting for me even i mean even though it's it's definitely on the grittier side of of daredevil and you know when i was reading i also got a little bit of that campy stanley daredevil growing up the the swashbuckler type of uh of persona and so this is definitely steeped in that darker 
whole, what do, what would you say the devil of hell's kitchen that that mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. dark persona of of daredevil so it's it's kind of up there between the two uh for me but uh, you know like not all daredevils are are created equal either <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh yeah no cage is really solid and the thing that i appreciate most about cage is uh how they use the music all the shows do a really good job of interweaving music but cage just takes that to the next level and makes the music practically uh its own story or a part of the story yeah no luke cage that series totally won me over based almost solely on style on the style and the music <laughs> like, like the music the attitude like the intro music played and and randy was like sold yep well, before that, they had they had Wu Tang on uh, on the promo clip. I was like, Wu Tang, I'm in. Let's oh yeah, do this. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just puts the hood up and boom. That said, throws a couch out of a window. <laughs> that said, Luke Cage himself as the as a character in the show is, and I found this true of the first season. He's kind of one of the most bland characters in the show. Part of what made the first season work so well, and I think the second season continues that mainly because it follows some of the same villain characters is that the villains were so strong. I thought they were so interesting. Oh yeah. A lot of times and the second season does definitely feels this way too, is you're not necessarily watching Luke Cage. You're watching the show about these, all these other people. Oh, and Luke Cage is there too, you know? Uh, Right. And the second season feels like that a lot. Once you get past that initial setup of the second season, which is basically, it's similar to iron fist where it's like, well, here's where they're at since you last seen them, you know, just status quo before we actually get into whatever the season arc, I guess. But once you get past that, this season, again, like moves away from Luke Cage pretty consistently. I mean, he's there, of course, but. Yeah, I would agree, Um, especially like in season one. It's almost like the season was split up between a bunch of villains. And I feel like um, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name because we're probably because we're live. Um, but the first villain, uh, what was his name? Uh, Mariah's cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a code name or, or something like Cottonmouth. Yeah. Cottonmouth that's was, what it was really interesting. Uh, and then they switched over about halfway through to this Copperhead. And I wasn't quite as sold on Copperhead as I was. Is it Copperhead? Diamondback. I don't know. They're all like, it's you all know what I'm snake, talking about. The superhero one. <laughs> the one that had superpowers. Diamondback. Or, yeah, because he had the super 70 yeah, suit. Oh, Diamondback. That's <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting my villains mixed up. You know, and Diamondback, he was kind of interesting, but no, I agree. Cottonmouth was super interesting. And uh, in the first season, you know, uh, spoilers for the first season, I guess. Boop. Once like he's he's killed off. My initial thought was like, oh, well, the, he was a great character. What are they going to do? But it really then kind of focuses on, is it Maria? Mar- I thought it was Mar- Mar- Mariah. Mariah. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Mariah. Oh, yeah. Because don't call her Black Mariah. And, and Shades. Surprisingly enough, Shades, like such a cool character. I don't know why. He shouldn't work, but he well, does. Well, Shades was like a, he was a scene stealer, man, like even in season one. And so I'm glad that he gets a bigger arc in season two. And he's still a scene stealer in season two because he doesn't he doesn't always have the focus of the plot. But mm-hmm. when he has a scene, man, he just captures it. I guess we can focus a little bit. First, let's talk about Luke Cage himself, even though I said he's kind of the blandest. Because I kind of like what they're doing with him. I mean, it's obvious 
it became kind of obvious from the get-go what kind of arc they were going to start taking him on because he's getting cocky, right? And like, that's never right. good. The hero gets cocky. That's never good. Pride goeth before a fall. Yeah, yeah. And they really pushed that too. Like they set him up in an interesting way by the end of the season. His stuff, I hate that, what's her, Night Nurse? Uh, I don't, what's her name? Claire. Claire, it seems like she's being written out of the whole, of the whole, the whole thing. I think right. she's, out of I think everything, she's really. on her way out, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Did you see the Turk is kind of set up to be the new night nurse? Yeah. I mean, the the thing that I think he's been in every He's been in all of them at this point. Yeah. All of them. Turk. Why? (laughs) Turk. Turk of all characters. Yeah. If he doesn't show up. I want to see him in his, I was going to say, if he's not in a Santa outfit in the next season of of Daredevil, I'm going to be disappointed. I want to see him in a Santa outfit and he's got to stab Daredevil. It's just what happens. It's what Turk does. Yeah, and catering to fans is what makes really good television, right? <laughs> that, Turk, that Turk does not seem, the TV Turk does not seem that heartless. No, no. He's actually kind of funny. I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of comedic relief when he hits the scene. Even though, <laughs> even though, like, in the worst possible way, like, oh, Luke Cage is going to beat him up again. Ha ha, funny, funny. Maybe not for Turk. <laughs> <laughs> The turn where the where the, this season really got interesting for me, including Luke, Luke Cage's character, is I want to say the first big, in my mind, set piece of this season. Because this season, the set pieces weren't like, it's not like Daredevil where you've got, you know, each season there's the crazy action set piece. There's the hallway scene or whatever their attempt at the equivalent in the second season was. Actually, the second season for me is the prison the horrible, violent prison fight scene with the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's awesome, but it's so brutal. But for for me, for Luke Cage season two, it wasn't any kind of action scenes. The standout scenes were the like character arguments. There's some amazing scenes, like well-acted, amazing scenes where it's just characters bouncing off of each other. Um, the first one would be the fight between uh, Luke Cage and uh, Claire, the Bushmaster. Oh, no. oh, Cla- oh I'm yeah. I'm talking like the, yeah, not, no, not the actual fight. That gets intense. The argument yeah. where he ends up punching the wall and that's kind of, you know, then she leaves. But that's where the season really got interesting for me. I'm like, oh, they're actually, they're going to like, I don't know. That's scary. They made Luke Cage kind of scary. And I'm like, okay, well, they might actually go kind of dark with him. Do some interesting things. Oh, Jasper's playing Madden. Jasper's what? Jasper's playing some Madden game. Of course you oh, are. Yeah, yeah. He said uh, he said he might uh, pop in once he gets done with Madden. He's probably he's probably doing a live stream. We're competing. We're competing streams, maybe. Yeah, no, that's not possible. No, nah, he could be live streaming Madden to like uh, Twitch or something from his Xbox. Oh, <laughs> and and commenting on our live stream at the same time. Maybe he's pirating our live stream over to Twitch. There's that would flying. be really boring for Madden fans, probably. <laughs> Okay, you mentioned Bushmaster. Let's talk a little bit about him. Yes. Because when he shows up, well, first off, I, I love his fight style. It's crazy. He's, oh, he's yeah. twirling, kind of always a, twirling. Like a capoeira type of uh, style where it's kind of acrobatic, very circular. Spinning around, but like oftentimes low, low to the ground. He's bulletproof, but not in a fun way. Not like Luke Cage. He's bulletproof in a gross way. <laughs> I just thought of something because you guys always talk about the backflips in uh, uh, GCU. 
when it comes to the Bushmaster, uh, a backflip is is you know quite the uh, it's it's quite the finisher. He <laughs> it's, might it's, he it's might the soci- be social media move. You know, he might be the first character in uh yeah in TV or movies that successfully used backflip as a fighting maneuver. <laughs> right, right. Well, I suppose uh, Street Fighter Jean Claude Van Damme, but I mean. You know what? I've never in the seen modern it. era for sure. I've never seen it. I've never seen oh, Street man. Fighter. I'm gonna have to. I've I've I'm heard a lot about a gr- it. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's it's a cult classic. I mean, you should at least see it once. Yeah, even for uh, what's his name? That's not gonna. I'm gonna blank. Raul Julia. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this is his last movie, Butcher. right? Butcher names. Butcher names. I think so. And he played M Bison, and he he looked good in the part. So, but I mean, that dude was pretty incredible. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, backflips. Backflips are real. <laughs> Sometimes, when you're the Bushmaster. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought Bush Bushmaster was an interesting character. He's not as he's not as sympathetic as some of the other villains because I don't know. It's hard to be sympathetic for Maria, but at least like she still feels real. She seems like a real character or a real person, right? And Bushmaster they really toy with you with that character. Like she's got a heart, she doesn't have a heart. She mm-hmm. really cares about her family. She doesn't care about anyone. And they go brutal with her. That last yeah. like big conversation she has with her daughter in season two. And kind of, I'm not gonna get into it, but you know, we'll we will hit spoilers on season two. I'm sure that last conversation is brutal. That the bookend like emotional scenes are the uh, of the season are the Luke Cage uh, Claire fight and then. Uh, the Maria and her daughter argument, or it's not even an argument. It's just Maria telling her daughter things. And it's the most cold, brutal thing. It was good. Right. It was solid. Like, like all the family dynamics in the show. I mean, I think, you know, like a lot of times they'll have a a theme for the season. And I feel like family was definitely one of the themes of season two for cage. Oh, because you had uh, K, you know, cage is estranged. His, strained or estranged relationship with his father you have uh claire trying to broker that and become a part of the family kind of you have uh, mariah and her daughter who are also estranged kind of coming back together but you know not for the right reasons um you have bushmaster's whole thing is family you know i mean Mm -hmm. like his his driving force is related to what happened to his family and when he connects with people there in Harlem, it's, you know, he's connecting with people that are related. So. No, yeah, you're, you're totally right. It, it's every group of people because you could kind of, you know, because you do, you have, you got Luke Cage and, and his dad and Claire and like the, the good guys. And then you've got the kind of two separate groups of, of bad guys. And uh, that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it, but it's it's all about family for all of them. Then and also um, hubris, you know, like pride goes mm-hmm. before a fall. Mm-hmm. That happens for all of them, you know. It go it happens for Mariah. She she's gonna finally take up the mantle. Uh, was it was her grandmother, her mom? Anyway, Harlem's Harlem's paradise, you know, like t- truly taking up the mantle of that uh, throughout. She's always kind of played the political game and uh, and distanced herself from that. But in, in this season, she embraces the dark side utterly. Shades goes as dark as he's 
as we've ever seen him go, mm-hmm. uh, both, I, I mean, both personally and in uh, the service of, of just being, being a gangster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Cage, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil his dark turns, but, you know, like when he, when he uh, has that, that moment with Claire, that's obviously the beginning of it. And it just carries through and you have highs and lows. Like he comes, he comes, he, he becomes a little bit more heroic and then he has a dip and he does something dark. And then he gets, you know, like he comes out of that a little bit. And then we see him make some choices that are questionable at best and dangerous at worst. With what they've shown us of his character, it's so hard to believe he would actually get that corrupted. You know what I mean? Right. What the end kind of like infers what they set up the potential for him to basically become the new, uh, he becomes the new uh, crime boss. Of course his deal is, you know, no crime. Like he's fighting the crime, but he becomes a, you know, a boss of, of his own group of people. And his idea is to kind of keep the balance because uh, we have kind of a, like a gang war type of thing that like, I don't, I don't know what it, what prompted it. Was it the kingpin, like the lack of the kingpin that prompted it, but, um, or the lack of the hand, I don't know, but like there was a power vacuum and then Mm -hmm. there becomes this whole like fight between the different factions of the gangs in Harlem. And that seems to be the season two, uh, or, or at least post defenders. That's the storyline. Yeah. In both. Yeah. You're right. In iron fist as well. Yeah. Iron fist and Luke cage seasons two. I feel like have a lot in common, including a crossover, <laughs> a couple crossovers. Yeah. Colleen yep. wing uh, shows up and kind of helps misty Knight out of her funk. Uh, they, they feature the, the, the robot arm, the mm-hmm. prosthetic arm was basically a robot arm. So that, that comes to, that comes to be in, in cage season two. And, uh, and Colleen wing kind of helps her get out of her funk before she even embraces the robot arm. They have that awesome scene where they team up. So we have the Daughters of the Dragon kind of uh, happening right there. And then, then we get one of the, one of the best moments of, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of great moments, but it was, it was a great moment uh, when, when Danny Rand shows up in season two of, of Cage. The Heroes for Hire team up, or the Power Man and Iron Fist team up was awesome. Is that what, that's what you're talking about? That is a great I think it's moment. the first time I've been happy to see Danny Rand on screen. Right? I was I was <laughs> going to say like I like Misty. I like sh- seeing Misty whenever she shows up. So when she showed up, yeah. if she shows up later in in season 2 of Iron Fist, I was excited because Misty's awesome. But I like to see Misty in in Luke Cage, the show she started in and wherever. And Danny Rand Iron Fist. Yeah, I was excited to see him in Luke Cage. Then I started watching Iron Fist. I'm like, oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. Just these exactly. little bits, little, little, little taste of Danny once in a while, and that's he, right. You know, a little bit goes a long way. <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, because in season one, you, I don't know that anybody liked him. He was like the least interesting character of Iron Fist season one. Then in Defenders, he kind of gets put in his place, which made him a little more interesting. Uh, but not in like a starring role kind of way, more like a, okay, tell us about Kun Lung again. Tell us about how you, uh, you know, punch the heart of a dragon. <laughs> tell us about that. And everybody's like, oh my God, they're talking about it again. <laughs> I think, no, yeah, I think we can, I think we, at this point, we could probably just kind of segue between both shows because 
What right. you were saying makes me think of season two, Danny Rand is they definitely listen to criticisms and input from from the reviewers and just people, the general audience, because right. they matured him quite a bit in some respects. But they changed his character quite a bit just so he wasn't he's still stubborn, but he's just not as stubborn. Stupidly and stubborn. And he doesn't just like like he's still uh part of you know, like obviously he's still um one of the major shareholders of Rand Rand Enterprises or or whatever Rand Industries or whatever they call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But he doesn't rely on that as much. In season one, it's just like, oh, we have a problem. I'm a millionaire. Let's just buy our way out of it. That's I a don't good feel point. like they go to that well hardly at all in season two. And I think it's better because of it. They make a point of him not doing that where I'm just like, right, dude, you're rich. Just go do, do it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Well, he's even like working a job. He's like a mover. He's just working. He took some regular job. Just to, I don't know, stay busy, I guess, or to prove to when Ward is Ward even kind of busts his chops about it a little bit. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> we need you at Rand Enterprises, and Danny's like, No, you don't, and uh, I need to do this. I feel bad jumping right to Iron Fist, but you mentioned Ward. I'm conflicted. I, I mean, I think Ward's character is fine, but I'm conflicted. Man, the end of this season just. This season is okay. Uh, okay, Iron Fist. Since we did jump over there, Iron Fist. This se- season two, sure. I think there's improvements over season one for sure. Right. It took a like I was watching it, but it took quite a few episodes before it really started to like. Before I felt like at the end of the episode, I'd be like, I want to know what happens next. It took like five episodes before that oh, started yeah. happening. That's a long time for a Netflix see, w- show. See, as soon as I knew it was uh, it was Typhoid Mary. I was hooked because I I'm I'm interested in that character and I think this version of the character is so much more interesting than even the the actual comic book version because she's especially her introduction in the comic books is very I don't know it's very surface it's very mm, like she's yeah. brought in by the kingpin for a very specific reason and uh, I don't think it would play well to a modern audience okay um, okay. But the idea of a character like uh, Mary Walker, who is who has a different, per, you know, personality disorder, uh, multiple personality disorder, is there a bad multiple personality story? I feel like it's always compelling, even if uh, even if it's not a hundred percent factual. You know? Yeah, if it's not like, like a- is it, was it like Raising Cain that movie? Uh, don't the, the don't the personalities know about each other and they practically fight with each other? I mean, like. I know they. I know that a lot of shows get it wrong, but it's always fascinating <laughs> to see. Uh, I to see an actor or an actress uh, try to play more than one character on screen at once is always kind of fun to watch. And I don't know her name that played Mary in this, but I thought she did a fine job. Like she did a pretty decent job, right? Because that's kind of a thing. Like we talked about it not long ago on uh, on our Westworld discussion, Westworld season two. Where you've got characters mm-hmm. where they, you know, since they're like robots and stuff, they are able to fundamentally change characters' entire personality so that they're essentially a different person. And being able and watching actors that can actually like pull that off to a super convincing thing to where you're like, they don't even carry themselves the same way. They have a different, like a completely different air of another person when they walk on screen. So it's always interesting to see people that can do that well 
and sometimes it's interesting to see people that can't do it well, but I thought she did okay. I thought she did okay. Her personalities are kind of extremes. So when it's extreme, it's because, what is it? Uh, Mary's much more, not meek. But- she's the artist. She's very, she's all about beauty. She's like, oh, that's so beautiful. And I saw this and I drew it and. <laughs> she's really reacting into those things. And uh, I don't think that w- the Walker personality has any uh, time for that stuff. Like no, she's very like, this is the, j- this is the job. These are the things that I need to do in order to finish the job. And that's all I'm interested in. And so in my notes, I mean, like I knew, I knew this is, this is like, she's the character that kind of really hooked me about the season. There's a lot of things going on in the season, maybe too many things going on in the season. But for me, uh, I put in my notes, there's something about Typhoid Mary. Of course. Of <laughs> That's course. My Those are my notes. Those are my I'm notes. I'm surprised they throw didn't in some kind of name an episode that. <laughs> that would be, that would be great. There's something about Mary, that episode title done. I'm sorry, missed opportunity. Maybe she'll come back in 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 Daredevil. I guess they still have a chance. They set they set her up though. They set her up for something, and I, I kind of didn't like yeah. the big the turn at the end. Like it was, oh, my impression that it was still Walker, but there's such a change in her attitude that I I don't know. It kind of threw me a little bit. I feel well, like you like, see that that personality cracking a little bit, and they're hinting at that third personality, which I suppose yeah. will be typhoid, which is fine, you know. Like that's that's interesting, but I'd hate to see them go too over the top with this. I'd hate I'd hate for her to go full Jim Carrey the Riddler on this thing. That would be too much. So they're definitely setting her up. So which which series do you think they're setting her up for? Do you think they're going to pull her into? This is purely speculative, of course, but. Daredevil, that's the next one. But they could e- they could easily pull her into that um, because there are characters that I don't. I mean, obviously, they can't use uh, for this if they're doing Born Again. Uh, if they're yeah. doing that storyline, they can't use Nuke. They're like they're not going to pull Nuke into that. If they could Trish. easily because they make Trish the, the, Trish the new Nuke. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> our boys. <laughs> um, oh, when this when this episode goes up, uh, Daredevil season three will be out. Oh, fun. I didn't all think right, about that. All right. We're always a little behind. <laughs> just, just and a tad, by a little bit, a I mean at just least at least one Netflix series behind. That's that's how <laughs> yeah, that works. That's for true. Us. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack I think what that you were they, saying. No, I mean like Born Again is all about breaking Matt Murdock completely, right? And so actually the Typhoid Mary uh introduction in the comics happens right after what we read for the show, the, the, the born again storyline. And so Kingpin pulls her in to kind of break his heart. <laughs> I tried to break his mind and that didn't work. So now we're going to use, oh, we're gonna have to break his heart. Really? And so that's, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. This is a far better introduction to the character than that was. And I hope they don't go that route with it, but they could still hopefully much more cleverly uh, weave her into the born again story. Where's Karen? They always do terrible things to Karen, but she's one of my favorite characters <laughs> that she's she's so sidelined. Of course, she's not one of the yeah. heroes, so it makes sense. But she's not a hero and she's not a villain. But she's so sidelined. It seemed like the first season of Daredevil, she, she got a lot of focus, but it seemed like they were really going to set her up to be kind of... Cause she shot that one guy. It seemed like that was going to set something up that they just never really focused on in season two. Or Punisher, for that matter. Right. 
Luke Cage season two is actually kind of hard. It's not hard to talk about. It's just there's there's not a lot to grab onto. There's just a lot of like inner character stuff that happens and a lot of kind of more or less running back and forth. There's a few very hardcore scenes. The scene where they right uh, clear out the uh, that cafe. What is it? It's that, that restaurant that Bushmaster's family runs. Right. Kind of the Jamaican, Jamaican restaurant slash yeah. cafe. Yeah. They clear that out. Looks like a cafe. Brutal. That's definitely like yeah. Mariah's, like she, she kind of crossed the line well, long ago, but that's her stepping straight into just pure evil. Right. And that happens directly after that whole, um, was it the townhouse, the fire where they're going to, yeah. where Bushmaster's basically going to set her on fire. I, I agree with you. I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that happen in Luke Cage uh, season two. And I think it's more cohesive out of the two. I think it's probably uh, better consistent storytelling, but there's so much that happens. I mean, like I'm looking at my Iron Fist notes and I just have little blurbs to kind of, Mm -hmm. to kind of carry me through because like, what is Iron Fist season two about is, is a tricky question to answer because it's about, it's about Danny and Colleen kind of moving their relationship forward or not, you know, like it's where, where is this going? Uh, she's been there for him since the beginning. He's kind of been there for her, but he's really much more into being the Iron Fist and whatever you know, whatever that means, and him trying to figure out whatever that means. Uh, we get we get Misty pulls into that uh, so that we get to see more of the uh, the daughter of the dragon dynamic. Uh, I put down Meacham's be crazy. Again, (laughs) and then the question is, who's more crazy? Is it Ward or Joy? And they made Joy more plot relevant, but I feel like Ward was still almost more interesting somehow. And I don't know how, I mean, like Joy is way more important. She's way more important and she should be this season, but somehow Ward still manages to be compelling and in weird ways. Ward, it feels like he doesn't need to be there. And for the most part, he doesn't. No. I think he's there because they know people liked him. Maybe they like writing him. Yeah. Because he is an interesting character. Like, talk about being able to balance, like, a bad dude with a, a sympathetic. Like, he kind of did some kind of horrible stuff in the first season that this season they're just like, no, nah, he's fine. He's fine. He was he was stressed out with <laughs> right, his dad. Right, you know? yeah. he's, he's totally likable yeah. now. I mean, he's still a jerk, but they, they definitely... Like he's just, I don't know. He's just there because they know people like him and which for they the most play part, on both fine. aspects of that for sure. Like, uh, he's, he's just a super awful human being once in a while. And then you <laughs> yeah. turn about and you're like, Oh, we can't be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, Except we can. You're a jerk. Stop it. Be a human being, a real, a real human being. That turn. I, I, one of our criticisms back when we talked about season one of Iron Fist about the end of the season was. That turn that Joy made where she joins up with, oh, I still want to say Davros. Davos. It's Davos. Davros. Yeah. Davos. She joins up with the Daleks. <laughs> Davros. Oh, no. It seems so out of character. And it, I guess it still kind of does that she'd be that mad at both of them. I guess maybe Ward, I could understand. It's so weird that Danny still gets lumped in there. So it seems a little out of character that she'd still be that mad. But if you get past that, like once like she sees what happens to Danny, she kind of seems like she comes to her senses a bit or at least feels kind of bad. Other than that, like, I think she seems realistic. She's, she's pretty well written. 
because right the once Davos, it's clear that he's going to be an issue. I like how they have her handle it because it's not like she can go in there and beat a bunch of people up, and she's not even like mastermind scheming her way out of it. She just kind of throws herself in the mix and is trying to figure out what she can while she can and winging it and not even being particularly successful. Right. I don't know. I think that's just effective for her. She They made her interesting, I thought. Yeah, yeah. She's she's pretty strong character the late, latter half of the season. And then, and then, I mean, like, the other big thing is they kind of try to do that. I mean, it's kind of Marvel formula at this point. E- even on the shows a little bit where it's like, okay, we've got to do Dav, we've got to bring Davos back because now, now we can have two characters that have the iron fist. You're right. uh, If not, you know, if not at the same time, you know, you know, you've got to, you've got to have an evil iron man, right? You've got to have iron monger. You've got to have, you know, uh, was it yellow jacket to Ant-Man? You know, you got to have the evil version of the good guy. And so that's what Davos is and it's like here's here's what i put uh <laughs> here's what i put for that whole storyline because it's basically the immortal iron fist story that they try to pull into season two here where they've got davos and they've got the sisters of the crane uh and in that story they just basically give him powers right uh but in this one they use the uh sisters of the crane to steal danny's powers somehow mm-hmm. and so i i call it uh the light beer version of the immortal iron fist. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's like, yeah, that seems sort fitting. of, it's sort of that story, but like, I don't know, they kind of diminished it a little bit, uh, by making the sisters of the crane glorified, uh, uh, tattoo artists. Like in a, in a sense, it gave them more agency in another sense. It took agency. Like it took, it made their important. They were important, but like almost accidentally important. You know, I was like, about to- they just happened to have a skill, you know, like not that it wasn't their choice necessarily to help Davos. It was just a job. I hate to derail real quick, but I want to it. mention derail the fact it. that Brit, the Brit, well, uh, Brandon Lapani of the technology geek fame is, uh, Whoop. is in the chat and he's, uh, he's, he's talking about our, my beard and how it's got a mind of its own. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist 2 is the Ant-Man of Netflix, uh but not as important as Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Oh, that's a hot take, Brandon. And am I the only one who wants that white Ranger figure? No, everyone wants that white Ranger figure. It's, it's Dr. Tommy Oliver. It's huge. Well, I guess he was, I guess he wasn't a doctor at that time, but he did become a doctor. Is Jessica Jones important? I mean, (laughs) okay. Whoa. You're going to stack hot take on top of hot take. (laughs) <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, I, I enjoy Brandon, this. Brandon's like, he's not as important. And you're like, but is she important? <laughs> well, if you think about how the characters are kind of like connected to the rest of the, not the Marvel, you know, the mini, the mini Marvel cinematic universe, the, the Netflix Marvel right. street, universe. Street level Avengers or whatever they're calling it. Even though Daredevil honestly doesn't, maybe Matt. Ma- What's his name? Maybe he's more expensive, but he doesn't actually interact with most of the other characters that often, but he, maybe it's because they kind of launched with him first. So it feels like he's a bit more central in the universe. He's their cap, but he's their Captain America. I would agree with you, Brandon, about, you know, he's, he's, you know, Danny doesn't feel that important in the universe, but 
the shows that branch the most characters together and the most like events that reach out from, you know, to the other shows, I would say are probably Luke Cage and Iron Fist. A little bit Daredevil because they introduced uh, Punisher. Punisher. And, yeah. But for the Night most Nurse part, and a lot of those characters, Turk, who is now the yeah. new Night Nurse. <laughs> and, and, you know, some of those characters kind of bounce into Jessica Jones, but it feels like Luke. Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Jessica Jones is the most powerful. She's like bar none the most, I think, strong out of in terms of superpowers. But uh, she also she purposely uh, she's the most anti-social. takes herself out of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. She she's not involved by design. She doesn't want to be involved. She just assumed you forgot that she did anything super at all and just uh, hire her to do a gig you know, her PI thing. So I'm sorry. I just, I derailed your Davos talk. Uh, and, we were talking uh, about Davos, but I want, I wanted, I wanted to mention that Brandon was in there because uh, he's, he's been in the chat for a while and uh, wanted to, wanted to recognize the technology geek. Well, no, he brought up a oh, check no, it out. Yeah, That's another podcast too. Listen, we get boring. Podcast day. We get boring if we don't get derailed every 10 minutes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to come up with, yeah, we got to have something come out of left field. Iron Fist, Iron Fist, like I said, the later half of the season picked up for me. I got more interested. Is about like where about you said you got more interested. Once they like kind of mentioned the Crane sisters, they brought that whole aspect in. I thought that was fine. That's when it that's when it kind of like hooked me more. Uh Davos is an okay character. How Joy did not see him going pure evil earlier, I don't <laughs> right. know. But uh he does. He goes like they, they set him up. They, he kills that one shop owner. Like they set that up pretty early, but it's still, it's pretty brutal. And you're just like, Oh man. And those kids go along with it. Ugh. but the very, let's, let's jump to the end. Full spoilers. Let's jump to the end. The last episode, <laughs> okay, because all right. that's yeah. where this season takes it. Luckily the season, when it does start to like take a nosedive, it's like the last 15 minutes of the series. So, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a nosedive. But it seemed like they just, the last episode, they threw a bunch of stuff in. Like with Ward, they kind of threw a bunch of stuff in because they want to give him this arc. And it felt, it felt unnatural. It felt like they just threw this, this, this whole thing with this, not that they didn't see it through the season, but this whole thing with the baby and that, and his, his sponsor and oh, all that, yeah. even though that didn't really pan out, but that like felt like a somewhat artificial. And when you think about the, overall story didn't need to be there. Like it felt like an artificial imposed character arc, something to kind of force his character into something. Sure. When it's almost like they had all these dangling threads, right? And then they try to weave them back together at the end, but then they all go off in different directions. Like they all come together in the end and then they go off in different directions again. You know, it's just like, it's like Mm -hmm. that I'm doing this with my hands for the audio listeners won't be able to see this at all, but I'm like, like my hands are intertwined, but the fingers are sticking out, right? You know, like, so it's like you're weaving these threads together and then they're just like, you're not going to trim them off. They're just like out there, you know? So, so at the end you've got like, I mean, like, I don't know how much of it to just totally, totally spoil it, but like the whole, the whole third act is about, uh, we've got to get the iron fist away from Davos. Davos is successful. He steals the iron fist. He's out there being the iron fist. He's got his own gang of, of, of people that he's going to train into like Kun Lung esque disciples, you know? And, uh, 
he just starts like being a, a mob boss that kills other mob bosses almost, but not even a mob boss. Just like a, he's just like the Punisher if the Punisher had a glowy fist and yeah. a bunch of teenagers. Well, yeah, that's how he <laughs> he just his his version of cleaning cleaning up crime is like. He grabs one guy, like one henchman is like, you know where all these guys are, take me to him. And he just goes around and just murders them one after another, just keeps murdering them, which is, which is right. interesting. Like that's interesting, but <laughs> that's an interesting way to do it. That's, that's <laughs> one way. Danny could do that, that's, I guess. That's, that's interesting, Davos. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> well, we find out about that too. <laughs> we do. That's true. <laughs> oh man, see what I mean? Like there's so many things. So like then the crux of of, of pulling uh, the Iron Fist out of Davos is then where's it going to go? Is it going to go back into Danny? That seems like the obvious logical choice. But Danny was also going dark before he lost the Iron Fist. So he's like scared of it now, I guess. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah. nope, I can't do it. I cannot. I can't even with this Iron Fist. <laughs> so he's like, Colleen, you're going to have to do it. <laughs> and she's like, what? No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, maybe I'll do it. You talked me into it. We all, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's almost that fast, too. It's like, no, I'm not going to do it. All right, I'm on. I'm on board. My whole arc has been I have I don't want to fight anymore, which means I'm definitely going to fight. In fact, I'm going to become the one <laughs> that fights. Because that's yeah, how arcs Yeah, in work. fact, I'm, take, I'm taking over all the fighting because I had a dojo once, and, and, uh, and now I'm going to pit fight with Danny to make him better at the things <laughs> like their whole training, uh, their, their whole bizarre reverse Miyagi situation towards the end there and, why, and, and making why? him a better, like he fought a dragon, but somehow he's got to improve. Why does that, why does that mean they can't be in a relationship anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just too much. Cause like the way that Danny just can't even, with the iron fist anymore. <laughs> Colleen is like, all right, I'll, I'll iron fist, but I just can't even with you, Danny, which is, which is the viewers throughout the entirety of season one. So maybe she is a surrogate for us. Yeah, she's maybe. us. Her in season two is she's an allegory for us. The viewers of season one. <laughs> and we're all the iron fist, man. Now. This, you know what? But this, also still, this show is deeper than I gave it credit. Like this show is way deep. <laughs> it's deep uh, in some ways. Yeah, Brandon says because love is yeah. complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally is. It is complicated. Yeah, that's true. So I was super excited when I was a little surprised that they're like Danny's like I don't want it anymore. Basically, and I didn't mind the like addictive angle to it. I was like that works. Like they didn't. Oh. I mean, it is pretty hammer. Uh, he's chasing the chasing the dragon. You know. So I guess it is kind of like on the nose, but I thought they handled it fairly well. Like they didn't hammer it to death. They just kind of brought it up at one point and him and, and, uh, oh, what's his, wait, uh, Davos's tattoo show up on his back. So he's got like a drag, like a a monkey dragon on his back. It's a serpent, like wings. Right. But like, like specifically, he's got the dragon on his back. Oh yeah. He's got the dragon on his back. Yeah. He he doesn't even try it. Which I think of the I think in the comics he had he was basically Iron Fist where he had it on his chest too. I also do like the idea that in the the middle of the night Danny would go down into this little subway cubby hole that he found (laughs) with a door propped against a wall and just punch it, just punch it. (laughs) 
yeah. work out some aggression. <laughs> and, and like he's super powerful. Like he's powerful enough to knock these doors off their hinges. He's almost powerful enough to like blast a hole through the wall, right? Mm-hmm. But like when he punches a door that's up against a wall, it's fine. Just makes a dent. It's fine. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry like, about it. I just, I just, uh, yeah. I have the rage there's of the dragon card- that I got to work there's out some here. cardboard but- between that and the wall. Like the cardboard absorbs <laughs> just all enough, that impact. Just enough. Yeah. 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 Like some memory foam or something. <laughs> go find like a mountain or something and just punch at that or something it's like a it's like a podcast studio that has like the the sound dampeners that way people on the train don't get scared and be like thunder in the subway <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah i lost yeah. it I don't oh uh, well, anyway. I, mean, I mean we were talking about the I end was... and how like it just all these disparate things so weird i did like go I liked giving Colleen the fist, though. That sounds really weird I to did. say. I did like that, too, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> no, thought that yeah, was... Out of I context, that was, that's real bad. I was like, dude, that's, that is how, from from certain perspectives of, you know, certain things that made people upset, uh, certain aspects about first season or the show in general that made people upset, that's the perfect way to fix it. But also, like, I'd much rather watch her have this power and, like, kind of follow her than I would Danny. She's kind of more interesting to me. Yeah. And they did the whole, they used color <laughs> just in case we got confused. You know, <laughs> like uh, Danny has the yellow fist and then Davos has a red fist. And they even have to make mention of that. Like, yeah, he d- it's it's like that same guy, but the fist was red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, right. Do you think that these people are really going to differentiate? It's like they had a glowing fist. It's the same guy. I mean, <laughs> but they, so they kind it, of like, no, nah, it's not the same guy. Like they kind of just like, they let you know that right off the bat or, or pretty quickly. We're like, no, nah, it's not the same guy. It's a red, red fist, red fist guy. It's a little hammy that Colleen's is like white then. Just pure. Yeah, well, yeah. Pure white. And she wears, wears all the white stuff too. Like she wears her like I mean, uh, old school cool. 80s throwback. Like, uh, I don't even know what you call that kind of jacket. And she's got her sleeves rolled up, but it's like a sporty jacket with the stripes <laughs> mm-hmm. she's basically got her own costume at the end super spoilers they get to have their cake and eat it too oh yeah yeah well i was surprised i honestly was surprised that they gave it to colleen and i was super happy that they did because it's not what i expected what i expected was last minute something's gonna go wrong it's gonna wind up in danny anyways she's gonna be mad about it because she'd finally embraced the idea of taking on the fist and then he wound up having to take it just so that davos couldn't have it like that's how i predicted it was gonna go down and then when it went down she actually uh gets the fist and i'm like cool excellent but then (laughs) yeah Get to have their cake and eat it too. Danny, Danny can't be without a fist. He's, I mean, he was boring with the fist. If you take away the fist, he's less than boring. So <laughs> he's got nothing. <laughs> he's, he's less than less than nothing. I don't know. He's, it's a white dude. Now he, <laughs> now he can, white he can, dude with money. He's just he's Batman then. Dumb Batman, Batman without though. the like Batman without any Batman. of the like intelligence or restraint or will. <laughs> Right, right. Dumb Batman, uh, less interesting Tony Stark. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, he's he's just those guys. He's just got none of the stuff that makes those guys cool. And you take away his fist, right. he's got nothing. <laughs> also, it's so funny that he popped up in the Luke Cage season two and he was all like being Zen and stuff. And it's like, so I was kind of expecting that would, okay, well, maybe we get a, like a more learned 
Zen Danny in season two. And he's more restrained than he was in season one, but he's not any kind of Zen. He's angry. He's like having the same oh, issue yeah, that right. Luke Cage is having. So him in season two of Luke Cage is kind of seems out of place when you see where he's at actually at around that time. Well, period. and they do a good job of, of making it seem like time has passed. Uh, you know, m- w- when we reviewed Jessica Jones season two, my criticism was no mention of anything that happened in Defenders. And it's, that was probably a production thing. They probably had Jessica Jones season two written and everything ready before Defenders ever happened. And then Defenders was probably rushed out, you know? And so I don't think that Jessica Jones was actually supposed to come out after Defenders or have anything to do with Defenders. And it's just the way that it was released. This, on the other hand, they they reference, uh, I mean, and they don't like, they don't make too big a deal out of Defenders. Like Defenders has happened and they make mention of it and then they move on, right? That's how they deal with it in, in Cage season two. And then this is clearly set after Cage season two because uh, Misty makes mention of uh, Cage because I think Cage, like they mention Claire, they mention Cage and Misty's like, nope, and double nope. Yeah. Oh, and she's got the arm. In terms of she, she got that in season two yeah. of Luke Cage. Right, right, right. Which is still awesome. No, I like her. Her and Colleen is a great duo. I like them hanging out, doing things and getting into fights. I did enjoy. What did you, Okay, so what did you think about the fight scenes this season? It seemed like there were less than the first season. But I know that was mm-hmm. a big criticism. And I agree that was a big criticism of the first season is like the fight scenes seemed really weak. And it's like this is this is your kung fu show. Like. Yeah. Why is why is this being so overcast by like Daredevil, which of course, you know, you know, he's he's a fighter too, but this is the Iron Fist. If you're going to yeah. focus on anything in this show, it focus on making the fighting good. And when there were fight scenes this season, I feel like it was probably better, but then again, Colleen, Colleen's fight scenes, when she's fighting the uh the two the two sisters, um tattoo sisters, Crane sisters? Oh, the sisters. The, yeah, the sisters of the Crane. I, li- I like that se- sequence. I thought that was good. Yeah. And I thought the fight, the choreography was, was decent. So how do you feel? You about know, because in, se- in season one, oh, I think it was way better. Night and day better. Uh, because in season one, like those first couple episodes were actually painful to watch. And uh, then they had the one uh, episode that was uh, directed by the RZA. And uh, mm-hmm. while it was fun, it was a fun idea. The choreography, again, just became so painfully, obviously bad in season one. In season two, I don't think I had any problems with the choreography. Uh, there's probably some leaps of logic in some of the, uh, the you know, some of the fight scenes. Like, okay, but you get lost in, okay, this is an enjoyable kung fu fight scene. Uh, more than you do in the logistics of, that's not how a fight works. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Or the disparity of power levels, you know, like there's one moment where Danny can do a crazy thing that'll blow up a wall and another time he could just dent a door because there's memory foam behind it. That kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not letting that go. (laughs) That was another thing that, I mean, they took away his power at one point, but in the first season they used him not being able to focus his chi in a really kind of cheesy, like... that's right. We can't have. I'm so glad they didn't do that. (laughs) We can't have him like this powerful in this scene, or else he'll just get out of it. We don't know how to write around his power, and so they just use that as an excuse to depower him for 
a few scenes or an episode or something. And I'm glad they didn't do that right. this season. Right. They just took them all, took them away altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the problems he had in season one, like I was too mad, I couldn't use the fist, <laughs> or I was too sad, I couldn't use the fist. I was too happy. Yep. I couldn't use the fist. It was like, no, I'm mad. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm using the fist. I'm using the, how, how often do you light up that fist in a night, Danny? How often are you lighting up that fist? <laughs> <laughs> weird question, Colleen. I mean, it's an appropriate question, but it's a weird one. I don't know. And then, and then Warden, like, okay, so we mentioned it. That, that they're basically going to let Danny have the Iron Fist 2, even though he doesn't technically have the Iron Fist, he does. In the final scenes of the, sh- of the show, in the final uh, scenes of season two, he's not only is he like using like the Iron Fist, he's going full on, uh, what was his name? In the Immortal Iron Fist, it's like uh, Randall something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other Iron Fist, uh, and he would use guns, and he would, uh, you, he would, he was able to like channel the Iron Fist through the guns, and that's like the last scene that we get to see is basically Danny is not only has he got his Iron Fist powers back, he's better at them, mm-hmm. and Ward is there too. <laughs> They're buddy cop. They're buddy cop in some Asian country, uh, which is still doing Iron is, Fist stuff, which is kind of fun until he like pulled out the guns and did the iron fist thing i was like wait what yeah. but ward is i guess i guess ward would be the talker right like danny's the muscle and sure. ward's the brain in that situation but i'm like really ward what are you doing <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it starts to get tough and he's just like yeah, danny take care of this <laughs> <laughs> this guy he's he's here it's it's the white ranger i'm pointing at the white ranger for the audio audience because he's behind me what are your final thoughts on it? I, I don't know if we gave a final final thoughts. thought on, I liked, on both of them. Okay, so Luke Cage, I did. I like season two a lot. I like where it left Luke Cage. Stylistically, it didn't feel, it was a little bit more subdued than I think the first season. Like, the you know, the music's still good. The music's still there. It still, you know, it looked cool, but it didn't feel as quite as stylish as the first season. That's part of what I really liked about the first season. But did still carry through with the other thing I really liked about the first season, which was just solid villains, interesting characters. Mariah, they did cool stuff with. Shades, they did interesting things with. Uh, Bushmaster was not as interesting, but he's still kind of a cool character. Like, I thought he was done yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about it on that one. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was not quite maybe as awesome as I had hoped, but it was still pretty good. And Iron Fist Season 2... Yeah, it was better than season one in a lot of respects. I still really liked the whole Mitchum family storyline from the first season. I thought that was interesting. It just was kind of pulled down by everything else. And in a way, I don't know, in a way, this season doesn't have anything that any kind of hook like that did. Like uh, the first season at least had that, the whole zombie dad thing. Like I thought that was super interesting in this season. <laughs> the Solomon Grundy, have... Marvel Solomon. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And this season didn't really have anything that really grabbed me like that. But, you know, halfway right. through the season, I was at least kind of on board. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And uh, I like I hanging out with Misty and uh, Colleen Wing's yeah. pretty cool. And so that that was, you know, it was okay. It was not bad. Could have been worse. I'm, I'm not going to, like, echo everything that you said because that would be redundant. But basically, I have a very similar feeling. Uh, I feel like the through line of both shows – uh, was pretty solid. Like I felt, I didn't feel like there was a huge jump in tone 
in, in, in ways. I mean, like in other ways, yeah, obviously there's a lot of changes. Iron Fist season one and season two, I think you could say there's, there's a tonal shift for sure, because we've had, we've had defenders, we've Mm -hmm. had, um, you know, we've had things. And so I think, but I think if you just follow the narrative of those characters, uh, the two seasons do mesh fairly well. Cage does it better because they just go, I mean, they do, they feel like a continuation of the same show, really. Even though they mention what happens in Defenders, I feel like Cage, they, they keep their tone. They keep uh, everything that made season one great. They, they continue that. And, uh, you know, it feels like the same show and it feels like a, a good evolution of all the characters. And so I think that's why I really enjoyed it. And I, I feel like it was a pretty consistent and solid season of television. And I really like where it left off. I, I think that season two of cage definitely did a better job of wrapping things up. Like mm-hmm. they could even put a pin in cage for a while and not come back to him for a while. And it would be fine. You know, uh, I hope they don't shelve him. You know, I hope that we yeah, do get a season yeah. three soon enough, you know? Um, but you could, you could, you could push pause, make us wait for it. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You could do that, and it would be okay. It'd be fine. Uh, not my. It wouldn't be my favorite decision, but it would be okay. Iron Fist, um, and what what I mean, like I feel the. I almost feel the same way, but a little better about season two than I did season one. I didn't love season one, and I was really down on it at first, but it grew on me, and I had to admit that it kept me watching. You know, that was the that was kind of my my feelings about season one was that, all right, it wasn't great. There was a lot of stuff I didn't like, in particular, like fight choreography and and some of Danny's motivations or lack of motivations or whatever. Like, Danny wasn't always written very well. But the Meachums were, and that that was captivating enough to keep me keep me involved. I was, more in, I was actually more interested in Ward's story than I was in Danny's story in season one. Uh, season two, I am more interested in Danny but again, it's it's maybe the other stuff that's happening that really pulls me in. I'm more interested in what's happening with the with the weird Davos story. I'm more interested in what's happening with uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing kind of being this buddy cop deal. I am uh, definitely interested in the Typhoid Mary stuff. So there's something that that made Iron Fist season two interesting for me and kept me watching. So in that respect, still still good, still the same. But they did not. Uh, they did not sell me on the end. They didn't stick the landing. They had a Stephen Moffat moment for me, where it's like, "Oh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good." What? <laughs> what did you do with that ending? I don't get it. So, I, I would watch a season three of of all of both shows. Though. I agree. I, mean, I, I, I am interested agree. to see what craziness they're going to do. I mean, I want to. But what I want. I want to see Rand Enterprises take a huge hit or they lose the company because they were stupid enough to just go on adventures and leave that company without anybody in charge. This is Randy from in the future. Well, at least more in the future than these two idiots. I've got a slight spoiler for these guys. Not only does Danny Rand lose the company, he loses the whole show. Uh, so this episode was originally recorded uh, it's from our live stream on September 30th. I don't think we even set that up properly at the beginning of the episode. Uh, it was International Podcast Day, so we did this as a live stream. I am editing it just two days, yeah, just two days before it hits the podcast feed on October 13th. And today, news broke that Netflix has canceled Iron Fist. There will be no season three of Iron Fist. It was a little vague. 
I think the it was still just early reports. I read it on, I don't know, Deadline Hollywood or something. There was talk of Disney streaming service that maybe Iron Fist will reappear again somewhere in the future. But you know what? I'm from the future. I'm going to tell you it doesn't. Nope. It's done. Fortunately, uh, so far, all the other shows are still on for a third season. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher's supposed to get a second season still. Daredevil, I, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably already know how the third season of Daredevil turned out. But that's it. I'm going to get out of here and go wander around time space for a little bit. Brings me to letters page. We actually have letters. You could send us an email and with whatever, say hi or ask us questions or give us your input on something that we're talked about or going to talk about or whatever, whatever you want. Send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast, G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Or you can even leave a voice message and uh, we'll play it on the show. 559-426-6427 or 559-4-COMICS. Yep. Or you can send us an MP3, which is what Mr. Matt D likes to do. Oh, Matt D. Yeah. We have audio clip. MP3 sent in to us from Mr. Matt D, longtime listener and frequent letters pagerer. That's a word. (laughs) That's a word. Wait, I might be wrong. This might not be from Matt D. This might be from an unusual individual that goes by the name of Jerry. Oh, oh. He's got a Halloween message for us. And I know for the live stream audience, always, always the live videos, always with the live. (laughs) <laughs> all right he's, he's okay what's, what's me- going he's on practically like he's like the fourth official member of the Grolix podcast of Grolix prime that's it's that's just off the yeah, side of true. the camera that's true it's matt d or jerry jerry the gnome matt d no problems jerry a little concerned he's a concerning he's concerning he yeah. he was in a weird place the last time we heard from him so i guess i guess it's good this is good we know he's okay i won't lie to you I've already listened to this. He's still kind of in a weird place. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Hey there, Garlic's Podcast. This here's Jerry the Gnome. Been a while since I called in. Been a bit busy myself. Been fighting a war with the leprechauns. And, well, that's a story for another time. But I'll tell you what. The war is over. And uh, as with all wars, there's no real winner. And I gotta say, I definitely shook the pillars of the magical kingdom. That's the never, never, not, not <laughs> Disney, you know, Disney World or Disneyland. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know that this happens to be my favorite time of year. Pretty much from September 5th on into November 23rd, 24th, somewhere around there. It's gotten to become fall and autumn equinox and and all them flat earthers don't realize that, you know, (laughs) that uh, everything's got to be equal and, yeah, (laughs) sorry, going off on a kind of a tangent there, Hoss. Anyway, um, look, I just want to call and say happy Halloween and enjoy all the pumpkin spice everything. Best thing about this time of year is everything's pumpkin spice. Oh, you got yourself some pumpkin spice coffee and pumpkin spice beer, pumpkin spice whiskey, <laughs> pumpkin spice donuts, pumpkin spice pancakes, oh, pumpkin spice pumpkin, God. pumpkin spice uh, 
Pizza. Pumpkin spice pumpkin. Pizza. Pizza. Uh, oh. Pumpkin spice. Night's dick. Uh, <laughs> just kind of wander off. Anyway, have yourself a happy Halloween. Good friend, Jerry the Gnome. By the way, I've been dictating my journal now, so hopefully I'll get something posted up there on Matty D's blogspot, blogger, blogger, blogspot, blog, blogger, blog. <laughs> yeah, damn modern technology. You know, we magical beans. We like our stuff simple. You know, we'll drive around with Volkswagen Beetles and concrete stoops. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's technology. Where's this off button at? Oh, right there. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Jerry sounds, he sounds like he's in a bad place, to be honest. <laughs> he, does, he does. He does. I mean, he's got, obviously, he's got a little bit of PTSD from the Leprechaun War, I think. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I, it could get dark though, but I, I kind of want the reality show. I, I worry that it would, uh, you know, like it might be too much for Jerry the Gnome. You know, like some, like, uh, like what was it? The Osbournes, that show kind of ruined uh, uh-huh. Ozzy Osbourne, like <laughs> kind of broke him a little bit. I feel like that could happen <laughs> to Jerry the Gnome because Jerry the Gnome is, is, is he's on shaky territory, especially if he's using a uh, pumpkin spice nightstick band name. <laughs> Hashtag band. Uh, I, I, my reply to him was pumpkin spice pizza. Yes, pumpkin spice pumpkin. Never. <laughs> oh, no, God. Oh, oh, Bile spice Kit Kats right there. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, Producer Michael. Producer Michael, hi. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. This is Jesse. You have not failed no one, Grasshopper. Only your own, Grolix. This has been Randy. I am Grolix, and Grolix is me. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. But, okay, yes. so... In the, <laughs> yes. No, it's no I don't know what to add there. It's uh, live. Yeah, it was definitely... 
I'll, I'll fix it all I'll, in post. Yeah, yeah, I'll too. fix it in post, Jesse. This will be edited. 